Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the podcast, episode 10. We have a new producer with us. Carter is uh, here staying with us for the summer, and you have to wave at the microphone, buddy. They can't see you. You did like this little wave thing. So I'm going to train Carter to be my producer for my podcast. He doesn't even know what that means yet, but I'm going to try to get him involved a little bit. Um, for those of you who don't know, we had a hectic last two days. Uh, we showed up there yesterday, got out of school. Carter got out of school yesterday at 1230. And I can't ride in a car. I can ride in a car. It's miserable for me. And my voice is already scratchy. <clears throat> it's miserable for me to ride in a car. And it's just rough. So I brought Kelsey with so she could drive. And so Monday night we left. And we stayed at my dad's house in Millbank, South Dakota. Uh, always good seeing my dad. I love my old man. He's so funny. He's so awesome. And we got to see him for a short bit and he worked early in the morning. So he was up and gone before me and Kelsey got up. And so anyway, we got up and we did Millbank to pier. Well, we took my dad's pickup truck because Carter has a go-kart and our, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law down the road, uh, have a bunch of land and they're going to, they have a bunch of go-karts already and they're going to start, they're going to make a little go-kart racetrack or whatever. And so Carter's grandpa was really cool and nice to let us bring his go-kart up here. We need to do some tuning up on it and working on it. It's going to be fun. Uh, for something for the kids to do this summer. Um, obviously they're not going to ride them without my supervision. They're not going to be doing it without me around. So I do not trust them. Uh, they'll be wearing helmets and all that fun stuff. So we're, we're going to, it'll be cool. I want to, I really want to get hands-on with the kids I want them to like help me work on the learn how to put gas in the go-kart learn how to take the tires off if they have to you know what I mean learn how to tune it up I want to teach them some stuff I'm so sick of them sitting in the house playing damn video games all the time that's all they do and yeah that's my fault but some days there just isn't shit to do and some days I just sit and play video games you know what I mean I play a lot of video games lately so and I have a feeling the boys are going to want to play a lot of video games this summer, but I'm going to try to get them outside as much as I can. Last summer when Carter was here, I worked almost every day, all day. Uh, I had the three jobs going on. It was hectic, and I didn't get to spend much time with him. Well, I know it's really shitty circumstances because my neck is fucked up, but it uh, it's going to be better this summer. I'm, I'm going to be around a lot more now that my neck's because my neck's messed up. So I get distracted. Carter's playing video games in front of me right now, and I'm trying to do this while... Explain the video game, which is fine. We're going to get through it. So, Carter is here for the summer. What else is new, buddy? Nothing. Nope. Uh, the drive back. So, we drove. We got. We picked up Carter yesterday, uh, loaded up his go-kart in pier and everything we had to do. Got all his stuff. And we caught on the road. Well, we hit Miller. We had to stop. And when did we stop? Just to use the bathroom? Something in Miller, South Dakota. And... I got all turned around. I was messed up, and Kelsey started driving. I drove there, and then Kelsey started driving, and I thought we had to go right out of the gas station to get back on the road we needed to be on. Instead, we needed to go left. Well, I wasn't really paying attention. Everything looks the same. We drove like 30 miles out of our way going south of Miller when we were supposed to go north of Miller. And it got us all turned around and out of the way like an hour, but not a big deal. We just we got on the interstate at Brookings instead of Watertown, and... I had contemplated staying at my dad's last night just because we didn't want to be in the car that long, and I was really ready for the trip to be over. But we uh, we pushed through. Kelsey did most of the driving. She did so amazing. Kelsey did awesome driving. I can't be more proud of her. 
it was really good for her to get that experience and stuff. And I don't, I don't, I wouldn't want her to have to drive so long right away, but she was all for it. And uh, she knew I was there to take over if she needed. And she, I bet she drove more than three quarters of the way, if not more. So she drove at least 80% of the way. She did awesome. So proud of her. So overall, we had a really good trip. Um, we got to see my brother, Joe. For those of you who don't know, I don't, I don't remember what I talk about in previous podcasts. So if I talk about it before, but my brother, older brother, Joe, lives in Pierre, and it helped a lot with Carter living there, too. So when I go there to stay, we have a place to stay, and Joe and Jess are always very hospitable, and they put us up and take care of us, and we really appreciate it. We got to see them just for a few minutes. We could have sat and talked forever. It was really good seeing them. They know I, I love you guys. Uh, but the trip went okay. We, like, like, that was the plan was to come all the way back on Tuesday, and we did it. We didn't get back to like, 11, but we did it, and... Oh, I feel sore and shitty today, but uh, we're going to get through it. we got some stuff to do today. Davey's got a track meet at 11. Uh, we're going to go watch him run track, which he never does. He doesn't do track. It's just like this one track meet a year. They let all the kids try it out to see if they want to do track or not. And I hope he gets into it. Like I said earlier, I hate that they sit here and play video games all day, but... It is what it is, you know what I mean? If I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be in track either. I don't know why people like to running for fun or whatever, but I get it. Uh, but I'd have, that wasn't for me, going out and running. I tried, I did do cross country my senior year, but that was because of an alcohol violation I had the summer before, so I wouldn't have to sit out of wrestling. But we'll talk about that another time. I don't really want to get into all that. But like I said, I don't want the kids sitting here playing video games all summer. Uh, we're going to get outside. We're going to go. We have, I have a lot planned. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do a lot of fishing for sure. I have to get my boat, um, from my buddy that's holding on to it for me. Uh, I'm going to clean it up, get everything ready. We can start hitting the river and catching some catfish. I love catfishing. For those of you who don't know, uh, I don't know why I would say it like that. For those who don't know, I I love to catfish. I just love to fish. I grew up hunting and fishing in South Dakota. Uh, I got away from fishing for a while while I was in the Air Force. I just got too busy and just got caught up with everything else. And then uh, somebody one day, I think it was probably my buddy Mike, was like, "Man, we live next to the Red River and it's full of like giant catfish and they're so easy to catch and it's an easy, it's just fun to fish." And uh, I fished it for shore for a few years and it sucks fishing it from shore because you snag so much. Because the current of the river is running pretty good compared to a lake. You know, there's currents and stuff, and it'll just grab your bait and your shit and just wrap it around everything that's under there and trees and other crap that floats through there. It's such a dirty river. It's so gross. But we, I love to fish it. Catfishing is just, a, you just, so you throw out like a huge chunk of stinky bait with a big weight on it so that that current I was talking about doesn't pull it or move it around too much. And you leave it sit on the bottom, and you wait for your pole to bend over and bounce, and then you grab it, set the hook, and you can catch some pretty good cats. I think 26 pounds is my biggest catfish I've ever caught on the Red River. Uh, I know in the, like, the Mississippi and big, big uh, rivers like that, they get like 100 pounds, but we don't have the luxury of that. But a 26-pound catfish is a lot of fun to catch. They are so ugly and so gross. We don't keep them. We don't eat them. Even the smaller ones that you could, like the eating size, I don't keep and eat. I don't know. I hear bad things about the Red River all the time about a lot of pollution, all the runoff. It always floods, so, I mean, it's always running through some sort of junkyard or farmland that has pesticides on it, you know what I mean? So we don't eat any of the fish out of there. It's all catch and release, which is which is cool with me. But like I was saying, it's lazy man's fishing. You just throw it out, let it sit, and wait for your, wait for your pole to bend, and then you grab it and reel it in, you know? And we usually don't catch something within the first 30 minutes. We, knew, we move to a new spot or whatever, but, uh, but I said I fish offshore. Well, now my dad gave me... Uh, a boat a couple years ago, I bet it was almost four or five years ago now, 
Uh, my dad gave me grandpa's old boat and it was my great grandpa Grabo's old boat and he built the trailer himself and he bought the boat back in like 1970 or whatever. I think the boat itself was a 71. Um, when I first got it, it had two little motors on it. I sold one of them and now I just has a 15 horse Johnson on it. Well, my dad, he gave me another boat. He has uh, like a 95 Bass Tracker, which is an older boat still, but it's way nicer than that old Crestliner that he gave me prior to that. So I wanted to try to keep the boat in the family or whatever, so I gave it to my buddy Mike. And yeah, he's not my family, but my buddy Mike is my family, if you know what I'm saying. So uh, he's my fishing buddy, and I know that boat's going to get plenty of use, and I know he appreciates it. You know what I mean? I could turn, I could sell that boat for what? Like four or 500 bucks, you know what I mean? And then what? I mean, it ain't even worth it to me. I know Mike will get a lot more use out of it than I will, you know what I mean? Or that it's not even worth selling. So... I'm glad he gets it. It's sitting outside in our yard right now. He just moved. He needed a place to keep it. Uh, it's a good boat. It's a good river boat. It's a good little lake hopping boat. Super light. You can pick up the trailer and move it around by yourself. Uh, a good little setup for, like I said, the river and stuff. But my dad gave me that bass tracker. That's a lot heavier boat. It's got a 40, a 40 horse on it. Uh, we like it a lot. It's got pole storage. Like the, it's just, it's like going from the, going from the old boat to the new boat. It's like driving a Cadillac. It's so awesome, and it's an old boat. But to me, it's nice, and I appreciate it, and I love it. Uh, but I gotta get that back here. We'll get it all fixed up and get it on the river. Uh, we'll do a lot of fishing this summer. Like I said, the go kart stuff's gonna be awesome. I don't know how often we'll do it. Maybe once a week or something. We'll set a day aside once a week and have go kart races or something. I still gotta talk to the in laws about it. But we're all really excited for it. I never got to do fun stuff like that as a kid. We were really broke, and we didn't have money for four-wheelers and toys and things like that. So we really didn't. You know, uh, Dan brought us – we had a dirt bike around for a while, but people almost died on it. So, like, we just probably best not having crazy stuff like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's going to be a fun summer. I have a lot planned. I don't know exactly when the surgery is yet. The surgery is definitely going to slow me down. So if I have the surgery within here, then within the next month, which I probably should, it's going to slow me down a lot, but – I think as long as, I don't know, I'm not sure what, I'm not sure exactly what to expect for the recovery. Uh, Robin seems to think I'm going to be bedridden for at least a week or two and not being able to move my neck because that's, you know, they did surgery there. They got to let it heal before I go and move around and hurt myself any further, uh, which I, I guess is probably going to be the, the issue or not the issue. The fact, I guess, is maybe, but I don't know. Another part of me feels like, what if it's just sore and I'm just okay? I don't know. Not sure what to expect from the recovery. If you're a doctor or nurse out there and you're or you had neck surgery, uh, let me know what the recovery was like. For real, I would appreciate it. All right, I'm back with my coffee. I had to go grab my coffee real quick. Oh, I'm gonna need it today. Like I'm so sore from riding in that car, and then on what was it? Monday? It was on Monday. Monday before I left, uh, Roman hit me up, and he's like. I know you're injured. I know you can't roll. I know you can't, you know, do anything. But he's like, can you just come in and teach me some technique, you know? And so we met up there and I just started and I didn't know where I would, I would, most of the time when it comes to training like that, I don't even think about where I'm going to start. I don't over overthink about it. We got in there. We, you know, he was doing some shadow boxing. He was warmed up. And if you guys don't know, Roman Cruz, Roman the Nightmare Cruz, good shout out to him. He's one of the fighters that fights out of map. Uh, you know, he trains at Forks Fighters too, does some boxing there. Uh, he's done some boxing, he's done some MMA, uh, and he, Roman's interesting, when I first met Roman, he had a, he was very, very, um, 
he had a big ego and he thought he was like the best fighter ever. I didn't think he was the best fighter ever, but he just, he, he had this fighter attitude about him and he just needed to like chill it out a little bit and relax. And he just needed some good mentoring and some coaching. And we took, you know, I took him under my wing for a while. I've, I've trained with him off and on because of my injury and, and not being around and stuff. But when, when I wasn't injured before, we were training like a lot together and, I just want to say I think Roman has the potential to be a really, really good fighter. Um, at first, he was a little hard to coach. He had an attitude a little bit, and he just comes from a comes from a pretty crazy background. And I told him the other day that I want to have him on my podcast, and he's got a cool story and stuff too. And and so what I'm getting at is I think he's become a lot more coachable. And since then, he's been winning more fights. He's been doing really good, and he's he's been humbled a little bit. Uh, I like that drive of being kind of too cocky or kind of having an ego because if you're a fighter, you have to have that. You have to think you're the baddest dude on the planet every time you get in that ring or whatever or in the cage. You know what I mean? And I was telling my brother Joe and Jess, uh, uh, Jess's son Tyson is a, a really good wrestler for Pierre. And I told her, I'm like, you, you know, you almost got to be cocky. Like every time you get on that mat, you have to think you're a state champion. You have to think you're you're the best. You think you have to think you're going to crush the other dude. That's how champions think, you know. And, and if you don't think that way, then maybe you need to rethink the way you do things. You maybe you just, you know what I mean. And especially when it comes to fighting, you like I said this before, you can't half-ass it. You can't just, you know what I mean. If if you realize it's just if everybody's whooping your ass, maybe fighting just isn't for you. You know what I mean. Like how many head, head injuries can you take before you decide to hang it up and just to realize it's not for you. You know what I mean? There's a lot of guys out there with really shitty records and that's like they fight for money or something. I don't know. But they just, they need a better game plan. They need some better coaching. They need to get into a legit gym. You know what I mean? That's the first thing. If you want to be a fighter, and I know there's not legit gyms in every little town. So like if you live in Hill, you know, Hillsboro, North Dakota or something, you're like, there's no MMA gym here. There's no boxing gym here. Well, whenever you get a chance, you need to get your ass to Fargo to go to Academy of Combat Arts and train with those guys there. Or you need to come to, to, to Grand Forks and get your ass to progressive martial arts or to MAP. You know what I mean? Like, I still promote progressive martial arts. I have no... No beef with progressive martial arts. Just a little bit, but not a lot. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not going to air that beef, but I think they do a great job there with the jujitsu and stuff. Ken, he got his brown belt recently. Uh, Josh got his purple. I heard they got some new military guys in there with a bunch, you know, with or whatever. So, or guys that came with the military and stuff. They got some brown belts. I think a black belt came through. Um, this is all stuff I've heard, and I don't know what's true about it or not, but I have no hate towards progressive martial, art, progressive martial arts, and I, till, I still to this day tell people about it. I say if you if you really want to be a really good fighter, you'll be out at MAP doing you know MMA with those guys and sparring and doing stuff when they do MMA, and if you want to do straight like gi jiu-jitsu or just jiu-jitsu, go to progressive martial arts or go to ACA down in Fargo if you're near Fargo. You know what I mean? <laughs> so what I'm getting at is to... If you want to be a legit fighter, you got to get into a legit gym. You know what I mean? You cannot train yourself in your garage. It's, you're just, it ain't going to happen. Uh, you could be super athletic and it could get you through a few fights, but you're eventually going to fight a guy who comes from a legit gym and trains with le- le- legit guys, and you're going you're gonna get your ass whooped. So if you're out there and you want to be a fighter and you're losing or you just don't know where to get started, you just got to get your ass into a gym. Uh, get some coaches, get some people, and they'll tell you when you're ready to fight. You know what I mean? It's it just get some mentorship, get some coaching is all I'm saying. But me and Roman met up at MAP, and uh, <clears throat> it was really good. He got like a really good private seminar for me, and I love just uh, to go into it all. You know, we just for some random reason we started with, 
I tried to, I taught him what I know about setting up takedowns with punches. You know what I mean? And then I wanted to kind of see where Roman's wrestling is at. He's not a, he was never a wrestler before and he's taught himself how to wrestle and he's actually really good at it. When we wrestle, like I can take him down easily because I, I have that really good wrestling background, but he fights it to the bitter end. He tries to take you down. He's in your face. And if you know, if you can't hang with him with cardio wise, he's going to get you. You know what I mean? And he's taking me down because I just get tired and I can't, just can't hang with him anymore. And I love that aspect about it too, that his cardio is so, his cardio is through the roof. And a lot of these fights around here, especially amateur fights, if you can push the pace and you can, you wear the other guy out. They're not going to keep up with you. I guarantee you the other guy will get tired faster if you have, if you have cardio like Romans, you know what I mean? And there's a few other guys at the gym. Like if you get into Victor, Victor Ramirez, his cardio classes and his uh, MMA classes and the boxing and the stuff he does, like he loves to do, like I said, circuit stuff. So you get in there with him and he'll run you through all these circuits and you'll get in pretty good shape. Trust me. But, uh, it was really good to get back in the gym. That's all I'm really getting at. Roman, uh, he absorbed everything I had to teach him, and I had so much to show him. Like, we were in there. We were only going to be there for, like, half an hour, 45 minutes, and we ended up being there for a couple hours, and I just kept, I just kept, like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm stuck in this house all day, and I'm not stuck in the house all day. Now it's nice that I go outside and do stuff. But you know what I'm saying? I'm stuck at home trying to find stuff to do. I never, know, never have anybody to talk to. That's why I started this podcast, because I just like to freaking talk. Well... We get in there, you know me, and I just start talking. And I start my philosophy with jujitsu, you know what I mean? Nobody passes my guard. I don't get into anybody's guard, you know what I mean? That is my jujitsu philosophy, and I love explaining it to people, and I think it makes sense in my head. So good training session with Roman. I was just, and I posted on Facebook about it because I just want people to realize, like, uh, if you're a fighter and you you if you're a fighter, you're, if you're not a fighter and you want to learn self-defense, you want to learn jujitsu, just hit me up. I'm not going to charge you money. I love the game. I love it so much. I love to teach it and I love to talk about it. Like I definitely would meet someone at the gym, even if I didn't know them for the first time, shake their hand and say, Hey, I'm about to show you some cool shit, you know, some shit that changed my life. So training was good. Map fitness is always good. Uh, I love giving Megan shout outs on here for real. Uh, she, like I said, she gave me a place to train when I didn't have one. Uh, she's gotten a bunch of equipment. They got the cage, they got the mats on the floor, and then it's actual fucking gym too. You know what I'm saying? So if you want to go to do, you don't have to just do MMA and shit there at all. Like it's MMA and boxing and all that stuff is just a little side blip compared to everything else she has. Like the huge weight room, all the CrossFit stuff. Like I talk about it all the time. So if you haven't been out to Map Fitness, go out and check it out for real. It's, it's not gonna hurt you to go check it out. Uh, it's that open 24 hours. She has a keyless entry or key system to get in a lot like anytime fitness used to be or those i don't know i haven't been to any of those anytime fitness or planet fitness anymore i've been to planet fitness one time and if you like planet fitness good for you if it's it's a place for you to go work out good for you i didn't like it at all like it just got this weird vibe in there and the lunk alarm like they just don't want like they don't want like in shape people in their gym or something and i'm sort of joking but i'm not like isn't that the thing is like no gym intimidation so like if you're in there and you're this huge guy and you're lifting all their weights, they'll tell you to leave, I think, or, that or the alarm goes off if you drop your weights too loud. And if you go to Map Fitness, you can walk around there without a shirt on, and a lot of guys do in the summertime, and no, it's not like a, guys want to show off their muscles, and trust me, I'm sure they do. But if I look like some of those guys in there, I wouldn't wear a shirt ever. You know what I'm saying? Like, no homo, I don't care. I'll tell a guy he looks good. I'll tell a guy he looks in shape. You know what I mean? Like, I'm in that business. I'm in the business of getting people in shape to fight other people. You know what I mean? You walk in looking mushy, I notice it. You know what I'm saying? So 
What I'm getting at is map. You can walk around. You can take your shirt off. You can scream as loud as you want. You can bring your dog there. You know what I mean? As long as it doesn't doesn't get in, interrupt too many people while they're working out. And most people don't care if a dog walks up to them. As long as your dog's cool. If it shits on the floor, clean it up. If it pisses on the floor, clean it up. But Megan is so cool. Like the shit she allows that at her gym. You know what I mean? And she can be a hard ass too. Put your weights away. You know what I mean? And and don't let your buddies come if they're not paying and, and things like that. You know what I mean? So. I don't know. I'm just saying it's it's a good gym. It's fun to it's. I love training there, and I appreciate that she gave me a place. That's why I give her a shout out all the time. Uh, like I said, I give I'll give I'll give businesses. I'll give people shout outs if they do good shit. If I believe in them and they help me, why would I not give them a shout out and help them? You know what I mean? Megan, I still want to be on your podcast. We still got to do that. I want to check out your awesome studio. I've been in there, but I've never really checked it out. Uh, what else is up? Um, I don't know. Speaking of other shout-outs, I was trying to get my buddy Matt another shout-out. So Matt is my gamer buddy. I know Matt. So speaking of like this, I could have segued into it. See, I messed up. See, this is where I'm not an expert. <laughs> but I could have segued into it because uh, my buddy Matt, he's trying to, he's getting into streaming a video game. So while he plays video games, he you can watch his face while he's, if you guys don't know anything about streaming, uh, there's apps out there or, or websites called Twitch is the big one. There's Mixer. Um, I'm not sure what other, I think there might be other ones, but those are the two main ones. And you could go there and you watch other people play video games. Yes, I've talked about this before. And I'm sorry I repeat myself. It's going to happen a lot. Don't get me wrong. Like, I can't remember all the shit I talked about on all the previous podcasts. And if I talk about it again, it's whatever. But, uh, so he plays a game called Fortnite, which is that cartoony version of like PUBG or this H1Z1. Where it's just a battle royale game. Everybody drops into an island and like the last one alive wins or the last team alive wins. Well, he's freaking badass at the game. The guys he played with are badass. Uh, he lets me and my brother Richie play with him all the time. Uh, and it's just, it's fun knowing you're playing with a guy and there's a lot of people watching him. Uh, I don't know. Uh, he I, He's not like um, Shroud or Ninja status where he's got like tens of thousands of people watching him but he he gets up to i bet he gets close to 100 viewers now and that's pretty cool and <clears throat> he just likes to entertain so he has music playing while he's playing uh he'll talk about cool shit and then there's a chat and you can chat with him while he's playing so you'll send him a question on there and he'll talk about it uh i don't think i'm doing him justice whatsoever so if you haven't don't even have to go watch him but i i, I mean i'm saying you should go watch him uh tap out 11:20 on twitch uh, and I believe that's his gamer tag on everything as well. Uh, go check it out. Um, there are other people you can, a lot of guys, a lot of nerdy guys, I think a lot to what, like to watch hot chicks play video games. That's a thing. So if you didn't know this was a thing, it's, it's, it's hilarious. It's a really cool subculture. Uh, there's some guys out there that make ridiculous amounts of money with sponsorships, with people that donate them money. So while he plays, uh, if he has enough people watching him, uh, Twitch will pay him money. And then also uh, people donate him money while they're playing. I always joke and laugh like, dude, I'm not going to pay you money to play video games. You know what I mean? And uh, But some people have the excess money laying around and they do it to help him make his stream better so he can get better software, better uh, gear, um, just shit like that. You know what I mean? And Matt said he puts all his all the money he makes he doesn't need that streamer money he just does it because it's he loves it and he thinks it's fun and and i think it's fun watching him he entertains it's good shit you know what i'm saying i love playing with him 
But all I'm getting at is like uh, he puts the money that he gets donated back into his stream. So I remember when he first started, it was just him in the corner and it was like he didn't have a green screen or nothing. It was just kind of like how I do it when I stream, you know. But now he's got a green screen. So, you don't, you know, the background blends in. He's, I don't know, he's got awesome gear. He's got all these like on his, I don't even know how to explain it, dude, honestly. So go check it out. Just trying to give Matt another shout-out. I love watching him play. Me and him have been playing a lot lately. I've been going and checking out his stream. And uh, I used to watch a bunch of different guys play, but I, I've been lately, I've been thinking about it. Like, why go watch those guys that have, like, 50,000 people watching them? You know what I mean? I'm going to find somebody that doesn't have so many and, like, give them a shout-out or, like, say what's up to them. And they're trying to do their thing. And like I said, you go, if you don't get it, I understand. I didn't get it for the longest time. I'd see my kids watching people play video games. And I just thought it was weird, but I do it now from time to time. It's like where I can't, I guess I, I'm too, not too lazy, but I can't get involved enough in, to play, but I can just have that on, on the side. Like while I'm doing notes for my podcast or while I'm just sitting here writing comedy or doing something, I can just have it on on the side. So it's almost like I'm playing a video game because I'm watching someone play. I don't even know how to explain it, but it's a thing and I'm kind of into it. My buddy Matt's really into it. So go check it out. Tap out 1120. Um, yeah. What else is new? Uh, I keep saying that. What else is new? Why do I say it like that? I feel like this podcast is not coming out smooth at all, but I am sitting here. I'm just talking. I'm going crazy. Uh, Facebook. That's what I was going to try to talk about was Facebook. So I shared a video on Facebook the other day and it's about a guy who talks about why if you watch a video and it makes you angry or there's like hate hatred going on with this video of any kind, why do you share it? Why do you want other people to get mad? Why do you want to share it? So I get it. You're trying to put out awareness. The guy in this video talked about it really well and just stop, stop sharing stupid fake hate. You know what I mean? I, I post about it quite a bit. I'm just so sick of if I see you post or share some fake ass shit, and I know it's fake, and I I can know I know by the fucking title most of the time. So I was gonna get into this. Somebody on Facebook shared their status or what it was like a, a uh, it was a link. Obviously, it's a link to either a video or something about if they make marijuana legal, they will have to put down drug dogs, all the drug dogs. First of all. Uh, there is some, there is some training issues that come with it. Like if you have a dog that's certified on marijuana and they're not just certified on marijuana, they find probably all the different kind of drugs. Like in the military, our dogs found marijuana, meth, uh, MDMA, which is ecstasy and cocaine. Uh, I can't remember. Um, then some dogs will do hashish. Like a lot of European dogs do hashish, which is based off of marijuana. So like a lot of dogs that find marijuana will find hashish as well, but so all you would have, you'd have to recertify your dogs and you'd have to show that they don't respond on marijuana, which for older dogs, they might have to be retired, but they're not going to be put down. That's all I'm getting at is the, the fucking title gets you all worked up right away. You're like, why are they putting down dogs? Everybody loves dogs. You know what I mean? And, but there are some dogs they have to put down when they retire. They're too aggressive to live in civilian life. You know what I mean? Like I had dogs that I worked that I could never take home. They would eat the neighbor. They would eat everything. And I'm not trying to fucking do that, you know? And that's why the military wouldn't let us bring our dogs home. So in the military, our working dogs stayed at the kennels all the time. You never brought them to your house or anything like that. So they're always at the kennel for liability, obviously. Oh, man. So I was going to go into more hate, hate on Facebook. Uh, if you see 
people faking post shit. Like I just got into like putting down military working dogs. I wrote right away. I let them know. I'm like, hey man, this is dumb. It's just propaganda to get to keep them from legalizing weed, and I think it's terrible propaganda. But some of the older dogs might have to be retired, uh, but I doubt they're going to be putting down a bunch of dogs. They just have to, in training terms, it's called extinct out what, extinct out uh, that behavior or that trained, uh, the trained behavior. So you're just going to have to like walk them around a lot of marijuana and like every time they want to pull or respond to it, you just kind of got to like pull them away from it and teach them to not respond to it anymore, you know, and some dogs might not be able to. So like I said, some dogs are older and been training for a long time and those ones might have to be retired, but not a big deal. So all I'm getting at is if you say, if you see fake news, you see somebody like sharing some hate, just be like, stop, stop sharing hate, call them out on the fake news. I do it all the time. I might sound like an asshole on Facebook and I really don't care. Like, I got in an argument about religion the other day on Facebook, and it's, oh, my God, stop. Like, especially if you get in an argument with somebody you don't know, like, if you don't know them at all, don't argue with them. It's so dumb. Like, you don't want, you don't know if they're even being real. They might be just saying stuff to get you fired up, which is trolling. They might be saying shit to just get a reaction out of you, and that's what people do. You know what I mean? They might not even be talking about their true, actual beliefs. It's just, it's, it's stupid, and, I mean, if you want to have a healthy debate with somebody on Facebook, be my guest. Uh, but like bring some evidence and just don't, you know what I mean? As soon as somebody does, as soon as the name calling starts, that's when it's all over for me. You know what I mean? If I'm having a healthy debate with somebody and they're just like, you're a fucking dumbass. I'm just like, oh, that's what we're doing. Calling names right now. Like like we're children. Cause at that point you realize that their argument just went to shit. Cause why else? You know what I mean? If you, if you honestly have a good argument over something, like you shouldn't ever feel like you have to call the other one of name or whatever. Maybe at that point they realize they're wrong. Maybe at that point they realize you have a point. You know what I mean? So all your fucking pride and just tell them, you know what? You're right. You are right. You know what I mean? And maybe the way I've I've perceived it or the way I've looked at it, it's been wrong this whole time. And I'll change my mind. I'm not worried about that. So my throat's getting pretty scratchy. Been going for about 30 minutes now. I hope it all makes sense. I hope it all comes together right. In, in Dave's crazy head, it, it makes sense. But for you guys, you normal people that aren't crazy in the head like me, <clears throat> so, I uh, had a lot of, had a lot of questions, and people wanted me to talk about some stuff, I really don't remember what they were at the moment, I know Julian had an Air Force program he wanted me to talk about, and I haven't looked into it yet at all, and I don't want to talk about it, if I really don't, if I haven't looked into it, I'm sure it's something I know about, but I haven't really looked into it much, uh, Carrie always wants me to talk about MWDs, and I never do, uh, Carrie and Chad, my cousins, the one that have uh, Angle S horseshoeing and stables, uh, they uh, re- they adopt a lot of MWDs, and I think I talked about this before. So, if you're curious or you want to, you know, adopt an old military working dog, just contact the base uh, security forces, and they'll point you in the right direction. But they have a couple of them, and they're it's pretty awesome that they they take them in and and do all that. Well, I don't know what Carrie wanted me to talk. I don't know what you actually wanted me to talk about, but with military working dogs, real quick, I'll give you a rundown of it, right? So the military, uh, we buy all our dogs, and this is all for all the branches of the military. It's actually considered the Department of Defense. And if it's changed since I got out, I'm sorry if some canine guy out there right now is like, Dave's wrong, whatever. This is what I remember, okay? This is how I remember it. Maybe, maybe I remember it wrong. Who knows? I get hit in the head a lot. But uh, the military procures all their dogs from Europe because dogs bred in Europe are more bred for work. Dogs bred in the United States are more 
most of the time are more bred for looks. Is what I've this is what I was told. So if you're a dog breeder in the United States and you breed and you breed some really good working dogs, don't get all pissed off or whatever. But the military, the Department of Defense goes overseas to Europe, and they send these procurement teams, which are like dog handlers, dog trainers, dog psychologists, veterinarians, and they have this whole team, and they go over. And they test the dogs out and see which ones they want to procure and buy and send them back to Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, Texas is where the main dog center training is. Dog center trainer, dog training center is. And so all the dogs they buy over there get sent to Lackland. Uh, some, they get some dogs in the United States. Every once in a while they'll get one uh, from another department that they, not that they adopted, but they just, they get, they get their hands on some dogs in the States. I know that not very often though. Most of them come from Europe and when Lackland gets them. So usually they're about one and a half to two years old when the military gets them because they want all the puppy out of them and they find that they're easier to train. Some come trained already. Some know obedience already. Some know nothing. Uh, and it's usually German shepherds or Belgian Malinois or Dutch shepherds. Uh, if you don't know what those dogs look like, Google it. Uh, if you, you obviously everybody knows what a German Shepherd is, and that's the first thing you think when you think police dog. Well, the Department of Defense actually, I think they, it's pretty even, but they almost they sometimes I always thought they had more Malinois. There was more Belgian Malinois running around. Uh, their their drive to work is just out of control. They are just nuts. Have you ever worked around a Malinois? They will work until they die. Shepherds are too smart for that. Once a shepherd gets tired, he goes, he knows, I know what I signed up for, and I'm going to take a break. You know what I mean? But Malawas, you can run them into the ground. You know what I mean? So you really got to watch them when you work them and stuff. And I love working with them. They're one of my favorite dogs to work with. Dutch Shepherd is just a Malawas with like a brindle color, really. All, they all come from that same, that same family. But anyway, they're trained at Lackland. It can take anywhere from six to eight months for them to get them trained and get them certified. And they kind of know the bare, the bare minimum. They know the basics. And then each, you know, each base has an inventory of dogs, and they, they keep track. So whoever needs a dog next, there's a waiting list. They just send new dogs out, and then you will go to the airport and pick them up and start training them. You know what I mean? So you'll get a dog sometimes from Lackland that was awesome and already fucking knew everything, and you didn't really have to do much with it. And then you'll get some that... It's like, man, how'd this dog get certified? And it forgot everything on its way to our base. And then you just kind of got to retrain it, you know? And <clears throat> it's, I love the job. It was one of the best jobs I ever had in my life. Get to work with dogs every day. You spray a lot of dog shit. You get bit a lot. You deal with a lot of bullshit. You had a lot of extra work. You know, a regular cop at the end of the day turned his gun in and went home. When you turned your gun in, well, now you had to go to the kennels and feed all 10 dogs, uh, groom your dog, sit down, do all the records, uh, and you couldn't even feed your dog right away if you had been working. You had to wait two hours after working to feed them so they didn't get upset stomach or get bloat or something. And oh, All right, well, there you go. I went off about military working dogs for a little bit, and I can definitely go way more into depth on how they train them and things like that. But just I just, just the gist of it, how the military gets their dogs. They send guys, they send teams over to Europe to buy them, take them to Lackland, Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, train them up, uh, and and then ship them out to whoever needs them. All branches of the military. Um, so that is the gist on how military working dogs work. And my voice is about gone. And I really, I'm going to go back and listen. I hope this made sense to you guys. And I know I'm not supposed to say this shit. Everybody's like, stop saying that, Dave. Be confident, you know, in, in who you are and what you do. And I usually am. Don't get me wrong, man. But this is really new to me. And, and it's really hard not thinking, like hearing your own voice and thinking you sound like shit. Who doesn't, man? There's... 
There's got to be so many people out there where you hear your own voice recorded and you're like, man, I sound ridiculous. And me and my brain is always going 100 miles an hour and I just got to try to stay on, on, you know what I mean? I, and I just hope. I don't try to stay on track. I just hope when it's all over, said and done, when the dust settles and the podcast, I hit end. It fucking makes sense when I listen it, when I listen back to it. And most of the time it does. And if it doesn't, well, too bad. <laughs> Go find a better podcast to listen to. I'm just playing. Keep listening to mine. I can't thank you guys enough. Well over a thousand listens. I don't know if I said that on the last podcast or not, but we're way over a thousand. And I don't know. I never thought that would happen ever. So I love you guys. I appreciate it. And I'm going to try to get another podcast out by the end of this week, I promise. And it'll be way better, way more structure and way better. This is just me sitting down. I poured a cup of coffee and we had a chat about some shit that was on my mind. My segue sucked. I'm still hating on myself and I need to stop it. But I just want you guys to know I love you and I love all the feedback. And I love the questions. Keep them coming. Uh, See you guys later.